I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Oh, a fine goal by John Barnes. Hello and welcome back to the Watford Buzz podcast. And we're now six games without defeat, all while going into the dreaded international break and 5-0 victory to talk about as well. My name is Matt Messiano and I'm joined, as usual, by Jordan Weimer and Tom Burdell. Um, my goodness, guys, um, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure you're both very well because it's not often that we get to talk about such a large victory. No, especially before an international break too. It's not really our forte, is it? So... Uh... Yeah, something, something different to talk about. We don't, we don't really know each week going into these games what we're going to end up having to discuss. It's so, oh, there's, there's the train, nice and early off the bat, got the train noise in. Excellent. Um, yeah, good, good. Yeah, this is a... <laughs> it was specifically requested this week, by the way. We, we did try and time the podcast so. to start in line with the train coming past, so that's uh, first, off to a good start. It's <laughs> good. But yeah, well, Tom, um, what did you think of the 5 0 victory? I was in... Prague watching Bohemians so I watched it back this afternoon on my day off um funny game big Bohemians fan huh? yeah yeah um funny game I don't think we were that good which I know isn't what people want to hear it, clearly right clearly it was an improvement on Huddersfield in that we didn't play a hundred passes between our two center halves and we scored some goals and had some goal threat but I kind of felt like we scored our presentable chances. Didn't do a lot else at the right during the rest of the game. Kept Rotherham at arm's length, just about. But they're a very poor side, clearly. And that was kind of it. And you know, got a couple of tapped a couple of goals on at the end to make a comfortable win look like an outstanding win, which. I don't really think it was. I don't want to be negative. You can't be too negative when you win 5-0, particularly the season we're having so far. But I just want to temper my own expectations as, as much as anything. Take note, oh, Vlad. Sorry. It's six goals that you need to uh, to make Tom. Yeah, a, uh, it's a very high watermark. You have to 
Um, I think I think I, I, what you alluded to there, Tom, um, uh, was that you know we we put away our presentable opportunities. But I think one of the big things about this game is that we actually created presentable opportunities. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, the, I think as Tom said, you know, Rotherham were not great. I think arguably the worst side we've seen at Vicarage Road this season. I think they were worse than QPR probably in some ways. But you know, we we've also been in that situation numerous times over the years and we've not capitalized and we've, we've lost or drawn those games in frustrating manner. So yeah, you know, it was, it was more positive in, in, in quite a few ways. We had a lot more threat in the game consistently, as you mentioned there, Matt, we were able to make some chances, especially down that left-hand side, kind of everything really went through that left. Um, I kind of link up of, of who and Kone and Lewis and Semmer really kind of gave us something there and we were able to continue just driving it down that that side of the pitch without any real opposition. You know, they, they didn't really do much to adapt to it and try and stop us. So we, we just kept going with it. And, you know, sometimes these opportunities present yourself and you've, you've got to kind of make the most of it. And I think we did do that. So where did this win come from then, Tom? I think you were playing a side that was just in a very bad, tempting to say very bad moment, but has been in a very bad moment away from home for a long time. 21 away games without a win. They've only taken one point from eight away games this season. And they're near the bottom of the league and, and Matt Taylor's been sacked off off the back of it. That They offered next to nothing. It was two shots that Ben Hamer faced and he saved them both. Um, to be honest with you, I'm struggling to even remember what they were. There was the free kick from distance. And was there a header possibly? Mm. Um, they were a very limited side, very passive out of possession, I think, which you saw in the Kiembe goal where Porteous, of all people, is sort of able to drive to within kind of 20 yards of the box and, and slide it into Kiembe to score. Um you know, they, they just didn't offer an awful lot. I don't, you know, look, you can only beat what's put in front of you, right? So I don't want to be too Debbie Downer about it or seem like I'm being deliberately kind of, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like opposite, um, contrary. I don't want to seem like I'm contrary. being, yeah, that's it. I don't want to seem like I'm being like that because at the end of the day, one five nil, and as you say, Matt, if we created chances and we put them away, then you can't be too down on it but I, I just I just felt like yeah they were they were probably worse than than QPR really which seems like a, a pretty pretty low bar um so there were positives still I think as as Jordan said come down that left hand side and what have you we we looked to be trying to work the ball down the side down the channels thought the fullbacks played well and kind of underlapped and got into dangerous areas and and were more had more intent and more kind of more progression in how they use the ball than, than we've seen. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, if we talk, if, if it's a, if it's a seeding system, then Rotherham didn't get seeded. <laughs> nice one. But just in, in regards to that kind of feeling, and I, I don't, don't want us to come at, into this in a too negative manner, because I'm sure a lot of people, we you know, had a 5 0 win and are kind of feeling positive going into a podcast and want to listen to us, you know, talk about victory and so on. So we won't be over negative. There are positives to talk about and we will do. Um, I think maybe with the, kind of the feeling that you're, you're feeling right now, Tom, I think probably quite a few people are the same. It felt like one of those victories we've had over the last couple of years we've had in the championship where, it, it, it feels like this the team of better players beat the team of worse players. It doesn't feel like he maybe were seeing that kind of progression that we were hoping in terms of, oh, this is a this is a massive improvement from the week before in terms of our approach and the way we executed it felt. Although it was in, in, in some ways, but it did it does feel had that feeling of uh, you know, we, we dominated them 
with quality in certain at certain points of the game. You know, Ken Semmer on the left, and even the the movement and finishing from from Rajovic as well. But it wasn't wasn't necessarily totally dominant in the sense of you know we've 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 approached this game in a way to you know break down rather than how they play as it, it really just did feel like a poor team against a, a, a better team um, and maybe that goes some way to feeling like it's not as satisfying as of a 5-0 win but you know on the other hand if we are going to make some progression then you have to start somewhere and you know having that momentum is obviously not a bad thing and although we didn't really discuss, we didn't really think of the unbeaten run as being that much of a positive after a couple of less than satisfactory draws or satisfying draws i think looking at the table now and looking at our kind of past five games seeing three wins and two draws feels pretty good going into the break um ahead of the game uh five changes which was a bit surprising but the biggest uh surprise was the fact that dan backman had been left out and replaced by ben hamer what do we know about this and how do we think Ben Hamer did in, in the circumstances? Yeah, I, so they put out at the time, and uh, this is one of the things I will give the club a bit of credit, and I'll be positive about something. Bloody hell, will miracles never cease? They've been quite good about communicating why players have missed out this season, I think, which hasn't always yeah, been the case. True. We've kind of laughed, and I've I've laughed quite a few times at the amount. You know, a player goes in for a stub toe and ends up spending the amount of time out that you'd think it was a far more serious injury. Um they communicated that he under, had a concussion in training this week and was therefore kind of bound by concussion protocols, which I think we can all agree is a, a good thing. I actually think it's a good thing on kind of several levels in that he's not been a particularly popular figure for a while, particularly this season. It's no harm to us to see somebody else, therefore, in in goal, um, but particularly against a limited opponent, you know, that you're not kind of massively weakening yourself. It's a very different case having your second choice goalkeeper in goal for Rotherham at home than it is Leicester away, which is obviously the next game. So I think the timing of this is quite good as well for, for um, Dan Backman that he will presumably, unless there are any kind of issues, be out of the concussion protocol for that trip to the league leaders on November 25th. So that that's something in terms of actually judging his performance, I think it's hard to say, you know, anything good or bad, to be honest with you. You know, the two things he had to deal with, he dealt with. There was one kind of cross at the near post in the second half, which he sort of flapped out a bit and let through his fingers. And I think one of ours scrambled it away, headed it away. Um, There was one good bit where he kind of came off his line very quickly, chested the ball away under a bit of pressure, took it, out to the the left um, touchline and, and cleared it away, which I suspect had Daniel Backman done, people would have been having kittens in the stand. <laughs> so um, that that was quite calm. But I, I've heard a few people say, oh, he's, he, I thought he's really good in possession. I thought he's really progressive and calm and re- just really good with his passing. And I thought he was fine. He didn't do anything wrong. I just, I just, I didn't see. Um, Something there that made me think, oh God, yeah, wow, Daniel um, Ben Hamer with the ball at his feet. What a, you know, outstanding pass through the ball. Completed 20 of 25 passes, none of his five long passes, and only three forward passes in the game. I don't, having watched it and, and then checked the numbers afterwards to try and not kind of prejudice myself, I don't think that there was anything there that kind of stood out. He just did the required job. Um, don't know about you, Jordan, but that was my kind of view on the situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was a, a huge improvement. I mean, it's not it's not a great game to judge the goalkeeper, obviously, but if you're going to look at him, it's probably, as you say, going to be 
based on kind of how he used the ball, how he moved it around. Exactly. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't really doing anything that expansive in terms of building up from the back. I think we've kind of drawn back on that a little bit with Backman in goal too. We're not really starting every attack the same as we, we did previously where we're, you know, splitting those centre-backs and dropping that six in to pick up the ball and playing from there. We are being a little bit more kind of conservative, a little bit more traditional with our with our build-up from those positions. And I think, you know, Hamer's fine. I think he's a, a decent backup, but I don't, you know, I don't think too many really feel that he's the answer in terms of, you know, getting getting Backman out there. If we're... I think I think the the reality of the situation is Backman's our number one goalkeeper this year, and there's not going to be much aside from injury that's going to change that. And I think uh, it, it seems pretty evident based on kind of the opinion of the coach and uh, and also the deal that he's been he's been given. So, you know, it, it's good that we can see Hamer is able to deputise, and I think that's pretty much what we expected. Yeah, and it, it's it's good that he's been able to put in a decent performance because he's. First showing for us, uh, which was last season now, wasn't it? Um, wasn't a great one. So this is it's it's not it's always nice for a goalkeeper to get a, a clean sheet under your belt and just to, you know, dust off some of the cobwebs and prove to yourself that you you know you still definitely have the ability to go out there against the likes of Rotherham and uh, and you know de- put in a decent performance. They did his job. He's he's there for that exact reason and he, he... He performed, you know, well in the circumstances, and yeah, credit to him. That's what you want your backup goalkeeper to do. So yeah, pleased with that. To be fair, I think almost the best thing you can say about a goalkeeper nine times out of ten is that you don't need to a bit like a referee, yeah. you don't notice yeah. them in a, in a way. Um, and yeah, I probably wouldn't have noticed Ben Hamer mainly because he was never in the shot. But um, no. yeah. Solid, solid stuff. And as, as you say, Jordan, it's almost, um, although it needs to be touched upon, it's almost a, a moot point. That I don't think there needs to be any discussion about him replacing Batman because it's clearly the case that the faith is is with him from yeah. within the club. So um, it's nice to know he's, he's able to do a job mm-hmm. if, if called upon. Um, incidentally, as we're on goalkeepers, uh, Watford Power, a decent um, video on their YouTube channel the other day, which was sort of like a behind the scenes of how the goalkeepers train. And I found that really interesting. So... Give that a watch if you haven't seen it and um, tell us what you think about it because I, I thought it was quite quite insightful. Uh, anyway, uh, another one of the changes was Meleta Rajevic uh, in for Raccoon Bayo up front. Um, and I think it's probably a, a good idea to have a little closer look at Rajevic in a little more detail. Uh, two goals to his name. Um, I mean, two of the, probably the easiest goals he'll ever score, but I think that's the type of goals that he's expected to score, isn't it? That, that That's sort of his bread and butter. Um but did we see any adaptation from Watford in their build-up to suit his game? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely crossing the ball to him. We weren't uh, weren't playing it to his feet. And, you know, you say there are two finishes. And I think, you know, I think we've come to expect him to finish those those chances. But we've seen, we've had plenty of strikers over the years that missed them. They're not easy finishes in, in a sense. And the first one, he puts it very, really tidily. And even the second one, he... He doesn't take the the easy option in terms of placement. He does go high into the back of the net and it makes it tough for the goalkeepers. So they are they are smart, considered finishes. Uh, I'll give them that. And in terms of the build up, yeah, you know, we saw and we discussed that left hand side being a real threat. Um, we kind of cut out the middle of the park quite a lot and just really just pushed and pushed down that side. And you know, you can look at the first goal and just to kind of go back a second to what we said a second ago about Rotherham. There's three players that are in potential position to close down Ken Semmer and none of them do so they all give him you know 10 yards of space it's kind of unbelievable when you watch it back but um, we, we we were able to be successful from it and you know it takes Semmer having the the precision with that cross and it you know it finds Vashevich really well and he does does great to finish and get into the right position so you know credit to him obviously the other side of his game the the build up and interplay 
it's relatively non-existent, isn't it? It's, there's not much there. Um, if you're okay with playing with that sort of striker and we can you know, find a way to do so and be effective, then it's not a problem. It's just not necessarily the kind of interplay in forward positions we might have expected um, with, with maybe some other personnel there. Mm. Tom, you ask anybody, uh, Mateus Martins or Ken Semmer, who's the better footballer? And I think 99% of people say Mateus Martins, but... I believe, uh, maybe it's just myself and a few select others, but I believe if Martins had started that game instead of Semmer, Watford wouldn't have won 5-0. I, just, I think you've, you're spot on there, mate, actually, yeah, because the, the the goals came from Ken being Ken, didn't they? And, and we all know that Mateus Martins, despite being right-footed, thrives on the left because he loves coming inside, basically, doesn't he, and shooting and, and essentially... In, in a less spectacular way than than usual, he scored his goal by doing that. Whereas Ken Semmer is that kind of old school winger, isn't he? Who gets the byline and and puts in um, puts in crosses. We had a question from Django Zim on Twitter uh, asking who should start on the right wing for him. Ken has to play on the left, but right wing's tough. And I think there's there's definitely something in that. We've got a few players that kind of offer different things or a couple of players that offer different things on the left in in Ken and, and Martins. But on the right-hand side, no one has quite made that spot their own yet this season, have they? Tom Ince obviously came off the bench and scored. Um, Aspria, I thought, had one of his more disappointing games and he's started the last three in a row now, which kind of caught me by surprise when I checked it. And I think, I wonder if that's a position that we might look at in, in January. I suspect it probably isn't because we've got Tom Ince as well and he's obviously a senior player, but um, no one has really nailed that that position. But Django's question was, who do we who would we start on the right? I wonder what either of you two thought, think about that. Who would be your preference? Yeah. My preference would be Martins, but only if you instruct him to act more in the same way to Semma. What I mean by that is getting your head down driving down to the line and then crossing it in, which isn't really his game, but I think he'd probably uh, be better suited to that than Espria would be, just because he seems like he might be able to adapt to it. Can Martins do it, essentially, with yeah. Jango's question, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the thing is, we, we, we just as well, we've talked about before, you know, is is Ismail able to adapt? And I think even just the fact that he's playing Ken Semmer on the left is an adaptation in itself, you know, trying to find a way to make Rajovic more effective uh, and get the best out of Ken. We've seen Ken on the right-hand side under under Bilic and also, you know, a few managers have tried it, but under Bilic kind of most recently and then again under under Ismail. And the difference I will say is Bilic never really did decide to move away from that. And at least Ismail has, because Ken just doesn't really operate. He he needs that. He looks much more comfortable in that lane, knowing he's got the touchline on his outside um, and playing off in that space. That's where he's comfortable. That's where he can beat his man. Um, he can be powerful. He can be strong. He's got that good delivery. If he gets to the byline or even beforehand, you can trust that left foot to put a decent ball into the box. We've seen, uh, we've seen that quality there, and that's obviously very effective. It does leave you with that problem, because I think Martins is really... You know, one of if not our if not our best match winner, um, and and so much of that threat comes from him getting shots on goal. You know, he's I have to look off the top of my head. I think he does lead us for shots this season so far. You know, he, he's not afraid to to get to the edge of the box, cut in that right foot, get a shot away, 
there are times for sure you wanted to put the ball in the box a little bit earlier, but you'll you'll take that for for what you get back from him, um, especially as well when we're stretched and we're counterattacking. You know, we talk about those strikers; they're not really heavily involved in the build-up and not particularly carriers of the ball. They are there to finish chances off. You need someone like Martins who can take that run, but not just look for someone else, but at times be in a position to take a shot on goal and you know play in that inverted way. And that's obviously what 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 we like to do under Ismail, especially when you look at the right hand side. The players we're talking about in that position, we're talking about Espria, we're talking about Ince, you know, players that can that can do both of those things. And I, I think the the right for me, I, I think it's just a position that I'd be looking to. I'd be looking to change very quick. You know, whoever starts, they've you've got you've got a half, you've got 50, 60 minutes, but that 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 change is going to happen. If you're not performing, then we need to change quick because we've got yeah, we've got depth in there. And you know, if it means Tom Ince coming in, we see what he can do as well. You know, cool and calm in in, in the finish and experience. Obviously, not in this, not the goal didn't come from that position, but um, he he's an option there. And you've, was he on the left for that goal? I'm trying to. Th- I'm I'm. Thinking of the goal from memory now, he, he shot from the left, didn't he? But it's his, yeah. Initially, his position was the right, though, wasn't it? Because Chak Vatadze was on the left. Oh, okay. But yeah, he kind of scored yeah. it from the left side of the box. He, he drifted across. But but the, but the point being, we have so many options there. I don't think you have to be tied to you know tied to keep them on for too too long. And there's been criticism of subs, obviously. But you know, we talked about Yasser Espria there. He's he struggles to get into games at times and, and I think at least you've got options. So I, I think it's really just kind of a, um, a a right wing by committee situation. Let's just see who's performing and and, and play them and, and get them in there. And if they're not, then they've got options to change. I don't think we have to be too tied to a, a specific option there. Martins could do it, but um, for me, you know, I understand maybe you want to get your best players on the pitch. You might say just start Martins on the right and Semmer on the left, but... I do like Martins from that left-hand side. If we're playing Rashevich though, and we we feel that the delivery into the box is the most important thing, then we're going to see that from from Ken. But I I don't necessarily see Martin's game changing too much if he plays on the right, and in a sense that he'll be trying to drive at the box and get shots away. I just think that's what he's good at. Ken won the the man of the match poll. Um, has he sort of earned the 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 most important player, the the MVP of that? of that first 11 at the minute he definitely seems to be at a point where his stock is as high as it's ever been among Watford fans doesn't he which I think is a combination of his off-field stuff the the interview he obviously did previously the fact that he just seems like a good guy who really enjoys being here and then the kind of intangibles like his team way team rate teamwork and work rate and um, you think you know things like that the fact that he just for want of a better way of framing it, just gets it. Um, but I think you can't overlook his football ability either. And it, it does him a disservice if you do, because he is a, a really solid championship player. I think, you know, no one would, or you'd be hard pushed to find anyone who disagreed that he's a little bit pushed to say he's a Premier League kind of quality contributor. But at this level, he's really, really effective at what he does. And I think the variety of having him going down the outside and getting across in, and allowing Jamal Lewis to underlap him. And then on the other side, you've got, um, as we said, Espria or Ince, who want to come in on their left hand, on their left hand foot, Jesus wept, on their left feet, left foot, and then allow Ryan Andrews to get around them on the outside with his pace. You know, there's variety to the way we attack or, or can be variety to the way we attack. But yeah, at the moment, the way he's playing, Ken Semmer would be uh, pretty much the first name on the team sheet for me. 
Um, one of the other questions we had in was from Simon at Simon Watford FC who said, could we compare how many crosses we put in when we have the wingers playing on their correct side as opposed to have when they have to cut back? I looked up the last 10 games just for my, sorry, 10 games prior to this weekend and then this weekend. So 11 games total, just for my own curiosity. I'm not going to read out all the numbers. I'll stick it out on Twitter. But essentially, as far as I can see, in those 10 games, we haven't had a righty on the right and a lefty on the left. We've had a combination of both being on the wrong side. But in the last three, it has been a Spreer on the right and a Semmer on the left. And actually against Rotherham, it was probably one of the games where we put in fewer crosses than you might think compared to some games. Millwall and Middlesbrough were the high points, both in the 20s. But our completion, our accuracy was a lot higher than most games. Um, 41.6, so nearly 41.2%. The uh, highest since West Brom at home, which was 56%. So I don't know if that necessarily, I'll put it out as a saying in totality. I don't know if that necessarily, there is something in it or not, but I, I certainly think that he's found a combination in, in Sema on the left and someone on the right that he's that he, he's a fan of um, Ismail, that is. is. Is Ryovic important in that as well? Or could it be Bayo? Would, would Bayo have scored those goals just as, just as Ryovic did or... or... Does Ravich have something different in that mould? I mean, I think Bayer maybe would be in a... Like, he's good at finding the position. He's good at getting into that space. I don't think he's as instinctual as a finisher. I think it's... I, I'm not sure I would have fenced him to put both of those chances away, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, I, I think he does offer more in other areas uh, as well. So it's kind of really, you know, it's, it's, it's dependent on, on those aspects. Now, do you think he can... Do you think he can finish those chances, or is he able to offer you something in the pressing sense? Now, I think Ravic is—he's a little stiff. He's not—he can press a little bit, but he's not got that. He doesn't put the same pressure on defensive lines that Bio is able to. Um, I just think they're they're different in that sense. But we're in an awkward situation with strikers. Although we do, we obviously did get a little bit of a of a cameo for for the rarely seen Reese Healy as well. So I'm sure we'll get into that soon too. Oh yes. Well, shall we? Shall we? Shall we talk about it now as we're talking about the strikers, and then shall we uh, come up with who we think should uh, be involved for Leicester, which is a very different game to Rob. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mm. Yes, let's do that. Healy, then. Um, we got to see a bit more of him today. Not today, sorry. We got to see a bit more of him on Saturday. Um, felt as though he probably could have scored as well, but uh, in the end, he... Did get an assist, which was which was good. Uh, but did we see a bit more of what he can offer to the team today on Saturday? Go on, Jordan. Yeah, I think he. I think he. Look, he got on. He looked super keen to to get a shot away, and it kind of just was a little bit too rushed, a little bit too hurried, and it just didn't quite fall in the, in, in the right way. But you know, credit to him, he did. He did come across the blocks and just lay it off to. Well, that was to Wins, wasn't it? In that situation, Martin. Oh, no, to yeah. Martin. Sorry, to Martin's. Yeah, apologies to Martins who, who was able to to make the most of it. So that was you know that was good to see, and he he looked lively. I think he is someone that that can contribute. We just need to see him um, given the minutes. That the thing is now in in regards to the Leicester game, you know, looking forward, I think I think in my opinion, I'd be really valuing that pressing ability off Bio. You know, being able to to really close things down and maybe force Leicester into into being a little bit quicker out of the back. Um, you know, you're expecting this to be a game. We're going to have to be a bit more counter-attacking, less less dominant in possession. So you, you might value that role even more. But it's hard to see. It, it's hard to see anyone being. It's hard to see Rajovic being dropped after you know his recent goal record, isn't it? Well, and it, I mean, an experienced manager, which you hope uh, Ishmael is, would make the right decision for the game and not play the player that has just scored the goals, but. Yeah, but it's, it's nuanced, isn't it? Because you know, do you want to? What, what effect does that have to the rest of the team? To to Rajovic, you know, like what? It's it's not an easy decision. Um, even if it, but shouldn't the players respect that as well? They know they know Leicester is different to Rotherham. Yeah, but you know, there's a certain there's a certain currency that comes with playing well. You know, it, it doesn't send a good message, does it? To drop a guy who's just scored two, even if he's not the right fit. You, you, from a human level. But that's that's the right decision, though, isn't it? But, but I'm sure Melita Rashevich would disagree. Yeah. I'm sure he'd say he can do that job, and you know maybe maybe Kashar sign different. It's a tough one. I know what you're saying. You know, it, it's up to the manager ultimately, and if he thinks decisions fit, you know, it's his decision. But um, you know, dropping a striker that's scoring goals is is tough. And but you know, my personal opinion is I think Bayer would offer you something there. But then again, you know, there's also the counter argument as you know, okay, we might be limited on chances. Don't you want Rajovic in there who could you know tuck one away? So it, it, it's tough. Well, do you think we can go to Leicester and play in the same way that we did against Rotherham? I, I think like the same. I would expect same tactics, us to no because plan. we were able to dominate the ball and, and really control those wide areas. I don't expect us to be able to do so in the same manner. It's going to be much more. I would expect to be much more counter-attacking, you know, less possession, more disruptive in midfield, and try and win that ball back high up. You know, that's when we talk about the counter-attacking ability of the likes of Martins. 
that becomes very valuable to you because you don't have that more controlled, precise build-up that leads you to to get Ken Semmer on the ball and whip that cross. And that that time and space is likely not to be as available. And you know you're playing with a. Uh, I'm expecting this one to be more about the pace in the forward position too. You know, is Vrajevic able to to get on the end of some of those balls, which has often been a problem in kind of counter-attacking situations when he's played. He's not really got the mobility to to get ahead of that defender, and oftentimes he's getting caught up and so on. Maybe you see a little bit more in bio there, but I, I don't think it'll be similar. I think it should be quite opposite in, in terms of what we saw against Rotherham. Okay, fair enough. Um, Someone who may stay in, uh, who has been in uh, of late and uh, has been doing a very decent job is Jake Livermore, Tom. Yeah, Jake Livermore, eh? I mean, incredible that a bloke who's basically on death's door wouldn't have been given a professional contract by any club in the world <laughs> and was out of breath running onto a football pitch has turned into our most important player. It's, it's almost like he was perfectly adequate championship footballer last season and the fact that he's 33 means he shouldn't just be written off automatically. Um, uh, he has started seven games this season. Six of them have been in this run. We are unbeaten in this run. I'm not saying that those stats are obviously, you know, leading. Uh, I I always think they flash them up on Sky or you mention them in commentary regularly, don't they? And I just think it's a bit anomalous, really, or a bit disingenuous to say it. Like the, the one all those years ago about Gareth Bale never playing in a win for Spurs. You know, it's just crap, really. But... I think you have to look at the fact that we've been more solid in the the majority of those games than we have been. Um, he has a really good ability to just stick a toe in or stick a shoulder in sometimes and nudge someone off the ball and just do the fairly unglamorous stuff that does get kind of overlooked quite often. Uh, I also think, and I think I've said this before, I, I've been kind of taken by surprise by how quickly he moves the ball at times he's quite quick and incisive with his passing it may not be that he he pings a you know or threads a through ball through or pings one into some one of the wingers or something but he just keeps it moving quickly rather than slowing us down so when we get the ball back in that situation we're in a position where we can kind of kind of threaten on the in the transition so uh, he's been good um i don't think it's a i don't think it's a complete anomaly that he is um that we have been picking up a few more results while he has been in the team. And on Saturday, I did pull up his stats earlier, but now I've absolutely typically lost the tab that they're on. So you're just going to have to believe me when I say that he 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 came out well statistically in in the game. Jordan, what's your what's your opinion of Livermore been? Yeah, he's been he's been steady. You know, he's he's he keeps it relatively simple in possession. You know, he, he doesn't quite have the same license in terms of um, looking to pick up the ball and moving across that that centre of the pitch to to get involved in the build-up as much as Serialta did. He's much more uh, of a defensive player in that position. Uh, doesn't play with quite the same tempo, but he gives you some grounding in midfield. You know, he's able to, to, to maintain that position and allows you to play off him when needed. But um, that solidity defensively is, is really important for us, especially when we are committing further forwards a little bit with the fullbacks. Um, he's been yeah he's been good you know he's he's got limitations obviously but I think we've adapted the role and it, it, it's worked for us in in, in, a, in a broader sense because it has given us some some more support in an area that we were starting to look a little bit um, exposed from so yeah no really good from him and he, obviously in the ideal world it would be a slightly different profile of player and we'd have some more longevity there but in the immediate in the short term you, you can't really do much more than, than he's done for mm. us 
Am I right in saying that it was Hoot on the pitch that was the captain uh, against Rotherham? Is that right? In, in the way, in the way, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. What, what, what? Just, just wondering what, what you think uh, about that decision? Did, did it, did it matter much to you? Or no, not to me personally. Oh, I was expecting it to go to to Livermore personally, but I uh, think I think yeah. Livermore. I mean, look, Hoots on the pitch. He's probably our starting left centre back because as long as he's fit, right? I think, you know, Livermore is. I think Livermore is going to do what he does regardless. I think giving him the armband isn't going to change too much there. So, you know, if we feel we get some extra value out of Hoot there and giving him that responsibility, perhaps. I mean, um, Hoot can be a little bit petulant at times. If it stops him doing that somewhat, then I'm I'm for it. Um, yeah, no, not no 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 concern with me for uh, Livermore being on a pitch without the armband. I think it's one where it's probably a case of tenure, isn't it? That um, given it that given the nudge to uh, given the nod, sorry to to hoot over Livermore. But I think, as I said at the time, just you know, the main thing for me is let's have lots of leaders. Doesn't need to have strictly have the armband to be a be a captain figure. No, okay. Uh, alongside him was Edo Kiembe, who also has been uh, putting in some decent performances of late in his newer position and scored a first goal for Watford in what, what we, we've been waiting for it for a long time, but it came along and it was a very nice one. Uh, a, a good assist from Portis as well in the build-up. What did you think of uh, Kiembe's performance against Rotherham? Yeah, we're starting to see more of that um, that offensively-minded player, aren't we? You know, he is his position before joining us was was in that more advanced role, and he just looks more comfortable there. We talked, you know, a, a lot of at length about his um, his ability to play in that deeper number six position. He just doesn't really have the the speed in possession. Often takes a few too many touches, but he looks more much more comfortable advanced. You know, he's he's quicker to move the ball. He seems more aware of his surroundings and just again more comfortable in that position. And we're starting to see it come through a little bit more. He does offer you that physicality and and, and that ability to kind of be disruptive and and win that ball back too. But he just looks a lot smoother there, and you know, the left foot's not not a bad option too to have in that position as well. And yeah, I mean, look, he's keeping some good players out of the team, so I'm pleased that he's doing well, and he's he's really kind of nailing down that spot at the moment. Yeah, Tom Kiembe. Yeah, really, and again, another one that kind of started the season out of the team, and you thought um, would kind of struggle to get back in based on last season, certainly on his kind of availability last season. He was one of those ones that went in for a went in for a, a little bit off the sides and okay mystery calf yeah came out scalped but um he's he's been really really good um he's now categorized on by Opta as an attacking midfielder which i think says says something but um at the weekend he was a kind of a force in in both senses again um no one had more touches in the opposing box no one attempted more shots and yet he was all uh, sorry third for passes received as well, showing how kind of we played through him. But also completed nine of thirteen defensive actions, three interceptions, one more loose ball duels. Trying to say that quickly than anyone. I think he's developing into or finally been allowed to flourish as the player that the club thought they were buying. Um, you know, a couple of a couple of seasons back now, uh, you know, quite clearly wouldn't have scored that goal. Um, before this kind of change to a, a more of a, a, a role with the kind of attacking freedom. So long may it continue because at the moment, I think that three in midfield, I like the look of. I just, I hadn't put him in here, but I'd meant to. Just Ismail Kone, I thought was kind of a force for positive again, 
but I also thought it was a little bit sloppy in possession at times or a little bit overzealous. I wonder what you guys thought. As in, I don't want to say he played really well under certain, don't want to say he played badly. I just thought there were some bits he could, could clean up and it would have been a really good performance. But I feel like we're seeing an improvement and more of what he's about week on week at the moment. Yeah, this is this this uh, Ismail Kone is much more what we saw um, in the MLS in terms of his ability to carry the ball, you know, quite quite ranging his movement. He can drift to bring the ball across midfield or, or from deep and just carry you forward quite quickly, quite confident when he's in his stride. But the the passing, you know, he got away with it a little bit more, a little bit more time, a little bit more freedom, and he, he almost played more advanced um, in the MLS. But we're seeing more of that now, whereas before when he was a little bit more conservative in possession or conservative when, not in terms of how he's using the possession, but conservative when he has the ball at his feet, he might just lay it off a little quicker. We didn't really get to see him carry it the same. He, he could look quite a, a limited player because uh, I think he was avoiding what he's actually best at for for the most part. So yeah, as he's kind of grown into it, he's looked more and more comfortable. I think he's improved kind of as the season's gone on in a lot of ways. Uh, this was definitely one of his his better performances for me, and as you say, not massively um, influential in, in in large parts of the game. But when he did have the ball, I thought he was able to bring us forward quite well, and he also covered defensively quite nicely too. So I, I think he's again, there's a reason why he's playing and, and, and keeping the likes of Dede Bashiru and Imran Luzer at the team right now. He's he's done a good job, and I think next to Kembe, they make quite a quite a good. Um, unique well, pairing. Start, and in, I'm sure there's position. other factors yeah, at play. Yeah, should Luzer sure be not worried? Just um, playing ability and form. There's there's probably something else going on. I'd imagine, but you know he's he's. It's not like we're getting really bad performances at number eight and losers being left on the bench and people are complaining about it. No one's really mentioning him in a sense of you know he should be starting right now because the the the, the level of performance has been pretty good. So yeah, he should be a little bit concerned about that starting place because it's definitely. Um, it's definitely getting further and further away. At Watford underscore Douglas asked about Loser, just kind of said frustrating that we're not getting a tune out of him and was on his, on his day, he's probably one of our best three players. Could he be off in January? I don't think that's likely because I think he leaves when we can get his full kind of value potential, right? He's young enough presumably that they see him as someone who could kind of make a few quid on. His contract must be at least a couple years in there now or something like that. He's got, he signed a new one last year. He's got about four years left, I think. Yeah. So he's, I think, um, no, I think you're right. I don't, as far as I know, there'd be no, no option for him to leave unless we got a massive offer, which I don't really see materializing. I'm not, you know, potentially if he's really disrupted, he might be pushing his agent to kind of source him something and see if they can to get some disruption going and get a move done. But I think it's unlikely. Um they want to, as you say, they're gonna to want to maximize their their asset there, the sale of their asset if they do move on from him. I don't think that he's irredeemable and there's no route back from into the team. Um but I think the the money is the most important thing there. I don't think we'll be optimizing that if we were to sell him in January, most likely. I don't think he's quite the player that would demand that inflated price in January because of his performance. So it's not a it's not a great time to sell an out of form player. How would you feel if we were to 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 get rid of him in January? And would you would you expect a, a replacement needed, or would you would you be disappointed that he's gone, or like would it be a, a big blow to the team? It wouldn't be a big blow to the team as it is. But uh, it, it, an informed loser is um, one of the championship's best players, isn't he? So it's just a shame that he's not really showing that for us. Um, 
I wonder if the money could be better spent on other areas of the team that um don't think we'd spend it though would we no that's the thing we wouldn't would we no so it doesn't really matter he, he is a frustrating one though you know if you're looking on paper and you're looking at putting this team together you're thinking oh Imran Luz has got to be starting every game as you say this is a, a top tier championship midfielder you know it, it, it's odd to, to to be so comfortable with us with him being out of our team you know from a fan perspective we are I mean, somewhat okay with it, but there is that underlying level of irritation that we're not maximizing again an asset which could be making this team even better than what what we saw on on Saturday. You know, as high as a level of performance from Kambe was, and you know Kone's contribution. If you put Imran Loser on in that team playing well, that's you know he, he's improving your chances of uh, of scoring even more and winning even more convincingly. So it is a tough one to manage. How do you get the best from Imran Loser in this team? I think that's one we discussed, wasn't it, last week? But it's, you know, it's you want to be playing through him. I think he likes to play more advanced and he, he seems to have been adapting to that as time went on. You know, we don't really play with the traditional deeper players that he can play them in a more deeper role and, and press on and push forward, be aggressive of the ball and, and be a bit of a nuisance too. But you want him to get in a position where he's able to, to bring others into play. And I think that forward area, that number eight position would be useful for him, especially if he can you know really get the most of the, out of that left foot. Potentially now, if we're looking at, at playing Rajovic in, in that striking position, I'd be thinking, okay, is Imran Loser an option to to put in that left number eight role and maybe give you some of that um, some of that ability to get the ball into that area that Ken Semmer can do, but you can still maybe couple him with a with a Martins coming inside and, and getting shots away. Maybe that's a way to solve it. I think that would be a good option for for us in regards to Loser. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see if there's any any room for that or not. Tom, did we have any other questions that we haven't had a chance to get to yet? Yes, mate. A couple more that we didn't kind of cover in the course. One we should have, and my fault for not bringing it up. Matt uh, Watf, as in the first half of Watford. Ryvig's increasing technical ability. I believe there was at least two successful layoffs on Saturday. Um, I replied to Matt at the time saying, well, one of those was only came about after he initially laid it straight to a Rotherham player who then miscontrolled it, so he sort of jabbed it into... I think it was Kayembe from memory, but I can't remember. That was in the, the um, first half. I can't remember the other one. He essentially scored two goals, but basically did nothing else, did he? In, in Six passes, three accurate. 13 touches. Go. I've got uh, five passes accurate from seven. How weird. So who's collecting? Whose data's right? <laughs> I guess interpreting a Milita Rajovic pass is, is not the, the <laughs> Yeah, thing. that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, he didn't do much else. And, you know, the thing is, there's going to be this argument, isn't there? You know, if they're, if they're scoring goals, then that's what you need them for. But then, you know, on the other hand, in a different sort of game, are you losing offensive output because you're not bringing others into play to score goals? It's, it's going to be a constant um, conversation around him. But, you know, as long as he is, then he, he's making an argument for himself. Because if he didn't score two goals and you look at that performance, you think, you know, let's, let's just say he had two shots instead of two goals. Just two shots, three passes, accurate, if that is the correct uh, number, and then 13 touches. It's really a non-existent performance, especially in the game you win 5 nil. You'd expect a lot more dominance in that in that time. And you wouldn't think that you're getting your striker involved so little. I mean, look at the passing network right now. And Rahavic is a... A, a tiny dot on the on the map you know he's not really involved obviously in in, in many ways at all um so it's it, it's 
it's a difficult one, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's a bit of an enigma in that sense. It certainly is. Six goals so far. Uh, how many do you think he'll get this season? Well, if he's to play the majority of the games? Currently, he's one in two, isn't he? More or less. 13 appearances, six goals. Mm. I mean, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he could hit double figures, certainly, couldn't he? I think that's that's fair to say. Um, that's almost somewhat conservative, you know, that he could he could hit double figures. And yeah, I mean, look, he's got the potential to do so. Uh, I think the argument's going to be, do we need that that production from other parts of his game as the as the season goes on? You know, if, if those goals don't come, then then we've maybe got a different player in our hands, which, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? What's your prediction on, on Melita? I don't know, maybe 15, maybe more yeah, you reckon goals this season. I think for a guy that we signed for, what, in the region of 1 million to 2 million, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is if he can. I think, sorry, Tom, I think when um, I look at Radjevic, I, I see, honestly, I look at a player that I think is a little bit out of his depth in terms of the in terms of the, his all-round game. I think he gets swamped and gets a little bit lost. Um, and, and obviously we see that in, in the numbers too in terms of his involvement but he can finish and whilst other areas of his game might not be up to the standard if his finishing is is consistent his conversion rate is good it's hard to look it's hard to look past it he's somebody that you can flip I think at the end of the season and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be I wouldn't be that unhappy if he was to be sold but I think that this season he's he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's proving his, his worth already <laughs> I think that says it all in that you've made two statements in a couple of seconds, Matt, both of which I agree with. And one of those was he could he could possibly get 15 goals, probably could. And the other is I wouldn't be unhappy if he was sold. And I think that just says everything about him, doesn't it? That 15 goal striker and we're all a bit like, uh, he. the best thing that could happen is that he gets 15 goals plus and someone's stupid enough to pay decent money for him and we make a profit and replace him with someone that's more of an all-round forward. Because, yeah, I agree, he doesn't look particularly comfortable at any point at the moment. And this is the thing with Bio, although he's, Jordan, I think you said it earlier, Ravic a bit more clinical, I think he is. Bio's all-round game, I think, is a much better fit for us right now, or in, certainly in terms of what Ismail's trying to do. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's a weird, it's the kind of thing about modern football where just scoring goals isn't enough for a striker, just stopping goals isn't enough for a goalkeeper. You've got the, mm. you know, more is expected in this day and age. Brazovic feels to me like someone who could really make a good living in League One or League Two, but the Championship is perhaps a step up for him that he, he can't quite make. Yeah, and it is early for him, so we will give him some some benefit of the doubt. Obviously, I think that, as I said, I think that the performances or kind of his ability has looked a little bit out, out below the standard required. You know, he's twenty four years old; he'll be twenty five next season. He's he's young, sure, but he's he's also you know we we should be seeing some improvements soon. I'd say I'd say um, it's old enough for us to know what his game is, and that it's not probably going to change much. No, right. and the, it might get a little bit more refined. Like it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be perfect if he's scoring goals, but you have to be the correct team to to play him. And are we a team that's consistently able to create a high amount of, of decent quality chances? Historically, in, we're inconsistent at that. And oftentimes, you know, when I think of a Watford team in recent years and I think of our forwards, I think of, you know, whilst we've have had the championship years of, of Dini and, and Nagala and so on, Vidras and so on, 
a lot of that time has been spent with strikers that are there to to, to spread the goals around and and you know develop more of a, a high scoring team with a variety of positions. You know, we don't just rely on one striker as much as we used to. I, I don't, and even those players had that ability to to bring others in. So you have to be a very specific type. And I, I think what he does suit is he, he would suit a team that is creating consistent, high, high value, high quality um, and high volume chances. You know, perhaps a substitute option is, is going to be something he finds himself as. Um, and in the meantime, he'll be starting for us until those goals dry up a little bit. Um, any more questions, Tom? I believe there was one more. Yes, final one from at Easy Mark 2010. Building something meaningful in the left-back position. Lewis has not impressed and is not a long-term option there. So what should we be doing there? Keep up the quality analysis and train sound effects. I thought Lewis had probably one of his better games at the weekend and has had a couple of his better games now, but probably isn't going to be the long-term answer. What do we think? Is is he definitely not going to be a long-term answer though? Well, do you, well I don't know. Do you, I'd kind of expect Newcastle to want a few mil for him even still, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I... I don't know. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna pull a player like Lewis away from Newcastle, now's probably a good time. I'm not. Has he got one year left in his contract after this? Maybe two. Um, I'm not sure what the fee would demand, but if performance is good, you know, you never know. Is what I'm trying to say. I, he he might be he might be an option they're looking at, but he he might not be. But what I will say, the performances have been much better. Um, we're not spending so much time looking at his throw throw ins as as much as we were previously. That was kind of the main. Impact he was having in the game for a while was the the fortune he had in. Although he did get caught up in a foul throw, didn't he? In one of the last games, I was going to say every single one is still a foul throw. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but his, yeah. but again, he was important to that left hand side as was as was Kone and as was Semmer. Um, he he was he was looking much more the kind of tidy player that we thought he would be. He looks more comfortable in his position. He looks like he's um, he's starting to to find a bit of a rhythm. I'd say. With regards to Lewis, I, I, I've not been that impressed, really. I, I think he wasn't the player that I thought he'd be when he came in. Clearly, he's doing enough to keep Morris uh, out of the team. Um, I'm slightly disappointed about that because I thought Morris showed enough to still be in there, to be honest. But um, if Lewis can get back to the Lewis of Norwich and not the Lewis of Newcastle, then um, you know I'm happy for him to stay there. Hard to argue. And that's all I have to say about that. That's fine. That was the that was the final question we had. Great. Uh, well, we finished this run of six games prior to the international break with twelve points. Is that firstly a good return in points, um, and secondly, is that the progress uh, and the performances that we've seen from this little period since the last international break to show that we are improving since that period? I think it's good return points-wise, yes. I think, as we said on the uh, pod last week, I think I, w- I still have concerns and, you know, kind of as outlined today, concerns about the kind of actually how we performed over the course of 90 minutes against one of the division's poorest teams. But I think the over there's some things that are trending in the right direction, at least, in terms of being a bit more solid, in terms of finding ways to score goals a bit more regularly. So I feel more positive than I did, you know, at the start of this run, certainly. That will all change very quickly if we get humped at Leicester at uh, on uh, after the international break. Yeah, I, I think I 
I think we're a more, I think we're more we're a team that's more likely to pick up points um, and win games and see games out than the team we saw in the first five games of the season. But I think I had more hope for the 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 projection of that team we saw in the first five games of the season. So I think we're more of a team that can produce and perform and get results now. But what I would like to see is I would like to see some reintroduction of some of the elements that made us um, a little bit more positive in, in in the first few games and see if we can maybe bring the two together a little bit more. I think they're kind of you know polar opposites right now in some in some regards. So we're maybe starting to see some of that, and obviously you know the the, the record has been improving, and we we do look in a much better position in in, in large parts, and you know a lot of that is down to our solidity um, and the ability to be a little bit more robust. So definitely positive um, in, in regards to that kind of recent five game block as a, as a whole. Okay, cool, good stuff. Um, predictions for Leicester. What do you think? Uh, three 0 loss. <laughs> I'm the go. I'm, just, I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna say one one. One one. Yeah. Nice one. I'll go for a one nil win. Why not? There Could happen. <laughs> Never know. Um, right, that'll do us then for this week. Um, thank you very much for the questions that we got in. It's always good to take those questions, and it just makes the the show feel a bit more integrated with um, with the audience, which is really nice. Speaking of which, um, just wanted to thank some of the uh, people that uh, make this possible. Hanson Ho, uh, Mark Sheehan, Matthew, Nick Lansing, Michael Abrams, Steve Brown, and Matt B as well. Thank you very much for your support. And thank you to everyone as well that's um, in the past has given us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you haven't done so, but you're thinking, oh, I'd like to do that. Uh, you can go along to iTunes, scroll down to the bottom underneath the Watford Buzz podcast and give us a rating out of five and and tell us a little bit of thing about, about what you like about the show or what you don't like. We, we, we take feedback in equal measure and um, just because it's bad doesn't mean that we can't uh, take it and, and um, improve and move forward because, you know, we want to be like Watford and steadily improve uh, <laughs> rather than Rotherham and uh, sack our manager and feel awful. <laughs> Is that a good comparison? Hard to argue with that. <laughs> good stuff. All right, then. Well, we'll be back after the Leicester game, hopefully talking about another positive day. But um, if we don't, you can always repeat this one and pretend that we're winning five from every week because it, it might not happen again this season. So uh, enjoy this one. And... Um, Maybe skip out next week. Who knows? <laughs> we're, we're, we've been the Watford Buzz podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.